what's up, guys? Welcome back to episode three of the Side Dish Podcast, where we dish it out with some of Boston's brightest culinary minds. It's Brittany here from Boston Food Journal with my co-host, my sister, Caitlin. Hey, everyone. And we are ready to rock with another episode for you today. We've got a great episode lined up. I think you're really going to love it. Caitlin's going to do her weekly wine tip per usual. And then we're going to jump into an in-depth interview with a friend of ours, Jawed Halapota. Jawed is the personal chef for all-star and Pro Bowl athletes like Jalen Brown and Mark Smart, and also a food entrepreneur. Lastly, I'm going to highlight my top four spots in Boston for pizza. And I can assure you that you probably haven't heard of a few of them. So hopefully you learned something new. Kate, what's going on this week? Oh, I want to start off today by making fun of myself. First of all, Kate, you still do the... I know it's, so, it's like a I can't even help myself. I don't know. <laughs> do I do that when I speak normally, or is this just like a special thing I've saved for side dish? I don't know because like I don't like hear it unless I'm thinking about it. So yeah, I don't know. true, true, true. But now that I'm, you know, now that it was brought to my attention, I can't stop hearing it. So I don't think you do it <laughs> when we talk in person. But worse than that is the way that I pronounce restaurateur. Yeah, I've told you this. Like what a fool. I literally re-listened to that and heard myself and like cringe went from like my head to my toes. I was like, here I am, Boston food blogger and can't even pronounce the word restaurateur. Restauranteer, like the mouseketeers. It's horrible. <laughs> so if you're, if you're anyone's listening here, sorry, it's restaurateur. Yes, restaurateur. Yeah, and, restaurateur. But we can't make fun of ourselves at the top of every episode, right? So... <laughs> I think I think we can. I think we can find. We can <laughs> I mean, find, we can, but at least we're we not. Can, you know, we we're not things. professionals yet. Maybe um, call us in a year. Yeah, we're definitely not professionals yet. But again, we're gonna own that, and we're gonna yeah, like, we own wear it. that wear that proudly. Anyway, Kate, you and James went to a winery this weekend, right? Or a brewery? Yes. So I know we're Boston area based, obviously, but um, we went on a trip to the North Fork on Long Island. Oh. And it's actually a lot of really nice vineyards over there. It was a beautiful weekend, like first real weekend of spring, very sunny. Um, I got a sunburn on my scalp, which is like still bothering me. I can kind um, of see that right now, actually. Yeah, and then like around my forehead, you know, like, like yeah, you wear your yeah. sunglasses and it's like you, you weren't yep. expecting to get a sunburn. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was one of those days, which is just oh, so perfect. So we went to this one vine vineyard I'll talk about a little bit called Croto. And it was oh, like so cute. And it, they only do rosé. Mm -hmm. So it was really fun. I and love that. And the wine was actually delicious. So if you're ever in North Fork, maybe check out Croto. Um, it was a lovely day. And they have a beautiful lawn overlooking, you know, the grapes and stuff. So good vibes. The weather weather was good here, at least. Yeah. What did you do this weekend? Um, well, I recently checked out a new-ish spot in Boston that I've been wanting to try for a while. I'm sure if you follow me at Boston Food Journal, you've seen it, but it's like one of the first places in Boston to, I think the only place actually, that has a uh, Pepe cheese wheel. Mm. So they basically like- I think I saw make, this video. Yeah, they your make feed. your pasta in a cheese wheel. They torch the wheel, they scrape all the cheese off the sides, put in the, the pasta, a little bit of pasta water, mix it all up inside like a massive cheese wheel and then they serve it to you and it's like it's just like a fun experience i would definitely recommend checking it out the restaurant is nico restaurant or nico restaurante 
in the north end on Hanover, but like a little bit further down Hanover than like most of the other restaurants. Um, and I would definitely recommend checking it out just for that because it's a fun, it's a fun, it's like ex- an experience too. It's like, yeah, you know. it's it's so funny because James and I make cacio and pepe whenever we don't know what to cook for dinner because like we have those ingredients on hand usually. But Always have cheese. Obviously, we could greatly benefit from a giant cheese wheel that's hollowed out. With a I know, but what, like, so. imagine the imagine the upkeep though of like keeping that alive. That's the thing that I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, well, Parmesan lasts like forever. So technically, I mean, it probably, you know, it could be aged. So that's, that's not true. really an issue. So, hey, I told I told him we should like put a uh, giant piece of cheese on our registry. Or oh something. my god, <laughs> I will. That would only be fitting for me to buy. For oh you. my god, I, yeah. It would. And I totally will. I totally. If you will. wrapped it up in a bow, some cellophane, <laughs> like brought um, it in on like a roller. Like I brought you this huge chunk of cheese. What are those things called? Like a gurney? Like brought yeah. it in on a gurney? <laughs> Jesus. That would actually be amazing. Um, you know, what? I, that, me, that's a gift getting... that I would really appreciate. To be honest. Yeah, I could see <laughs> Caitlin's fiance James is like the master chef, and I could literally see him in the kitchen like whipping up pasta out of a cheese wheel that like barely fits on your counter. That would be a moment. Totally. That's totally him. But anyway, that's what I did. And it was fun. It was good. And it's definitely worth checking out. So follow me at Boston Food Journal if you don't already, because that's where I post the goods. And I did a little reel about the whole process. I also posted on my TikTok, which is also Boston Food Journal. So check it out. Yeah, you're into the TikTok now. That's gotta be gotta be up on the times. It's, a, it's a little young. It's a little young for me. I don't know. I, I feel like I, I wouldn't make a good TikToker, but, but it's definitely young for me too, but it's what people want. It's, there's a lot of, demand it takes there, a lot so. of creativity. Like, yeah. I'm and as a, as a marketer, I think you have to jump on the TikTok train, even if you're like, res- I was resisted for months, but, um, you know, it's time. So anyway, that's my, that's my, uh, weekend in recap. So Kate, what's the wine of the week today? Well, the wine of the week today, I'm going for a French wine again. Sorry, everybody. We'll get to more Italian wines eventually, but um, I'm a sucker for a French red. And the one that I'm going to talk about today is the Domaine de la Charbonnière Chateau Neuf de Pop. Um, I've heard you talk about Chateau Neuf de Pop before. Chateau Neuf de Pop, you can find a lot of different types, brands. It's a... um, you know, it's a common, relatively common type of wine, of, of French wine, and they vary in price. So keep that in mind. I think this particular bottle is like 57 bucks. So maybe a little bit fancier than what you might normally do, but you can find them for a little cheaper or even more expensive than that if you, if you want to. Um, and be good for like a splurge, a splurge. Yeah, wine. exactly. And if you're making a really romantic dinner or, you know, wanted to go out and we're celebrating something big, I would recommend it for sure. So it's from the Rhone region of France and it's a lighter red. So it's not, you know, with Italian wines, sometimes you have a like super strong, really dark, powerful kind of wine. And this one's a little bit lighter, a little bit more palatable, um, kind of less robust, I guess, if you will, I'll use that word. Um, the tasting notes on this, you'll, you'll get raspberries, cherries, dried flowers, even some coffee and anise flavors on the end. It's, 
it can be really fruity and smooth, just so, so smooth. And personally, I find it goes with everything. <laughs> so like, I'll drink it with fish. I'll drink it with cheese. I'll drink it with pasta. I'll drink it with literally anything. Um, and, and I'll drink it when I'm not even eating. So it's one of those wines I find just super delicious and all the time. Some people may not agree with me on that um, and think, you know, red wine with fish is a sin, no matter what kind of wine. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it goes really nicely with a nice pasta in like a light red saucer or with veggies. Um, you know, I like it with meat too. I mean, if you have meat, it's kind of a heavier meal. So maybe you want kind of a lighter wine with it. Some people might want a heavier wine with it. It's all kind of your personal preference, but right. I, I think it goes with everything. You can, you all can let me know if you disagree, <laughs> but um, it's one of my favorites and you can get it pretty much, I would guess in any wine store across the city. I mean, they're probably going to have a variation of a Chateau Neuf de Pop. Again, I always uh, available. Plug- total wine i go to the one in everett they have literally everything there so and it's if you live in boston proper it's it's like an only a 20 minute drive so i would check that out they have them all over you know massachusetts but i'm sure they would have this yeah and and as would like i'm sure fromage has one i think there's a wine store called bricks in the south end yep. as well I'm, i think mm-hmm. really any wine any boutique wine shop i think would would probably carry bourbon grapes too probably Bourbon grape um, yep. so we'll, we'll post the name. Cause again, um, I don't have the best French, so we'll post the name for you guys to look at, uh, if you want to track down this particular bottle. Um, uh, but again, the price ranges, so just keep that in mind and, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Kate. Now we will move on to our interview with our friend, Jawed Halapota, personal chef for all-star and pro bowl athletes, and also an entrepreneur. Jawed, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to chat with you and learn more about your story and, and how you got to where you're at today. Um, really quick, we want to start out, just talk to us about what inspired your love of cooking and you know what made you want to become a chef and when did that really, when did that moment hit you that you knew that's what you wanted to do for your career? Oh, of course. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, and uh, one, uh, uh, Caitlin, Brittany, uh, thank you for having me on your uh, wonderful platform. Of course. Appreciate you. I believe this is uh, what episode number is this? Number three, it'll be three. Yeah, I got the Iverson episode. I'll try. I'll yeah, try. <laughs> it's my favorite number too. So okay, good episode. Here go. Yeah, here we go. Love it, love it. So yeah, um, what really like got me into like cooking and like the whole inspiration on that? Uh, I mean, growing up upstate New York, you know, uh, fresh, great ingredients are, are were always abundant. Um, you know, I went to elementary school down the street from uh, Apple Orchard, uh, you know, grateful to have experiences like that uh, before I even really knew I was having experiences like that. Uh, you know, I remember, uh, uh, you know, guessing the weight of a huge pumpkin in, you know, kindergarten and stuff like that. So I was, you know, I was always around real fresh produce. It was always abundant to me, apparent to me. I always kind of understood where food came from. I was, I'm very grateful for that. Um, and I had no idea really that was a uh, not an option to a lot of people, uh, you know, until really I went to college. So I'm, uh, I'm really grateful to uh, grow, you know, in an environment like that. And, uh, you know, that, that was one thing that really, you know, got me into food and cooking and all that. Obviously I love, I love eating, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. And, uh, uh, my, my heritage as well. Uh, you know, my, my mother is a African-American black from, uh, 
from Mississippi. Uh, so, you know, growing up a lot of Southern food, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so know. good. Right. Is, you know? is that where you, where did you grow up, Jawed? I uh, I grew up upstate New York. Uh, okay. Albany. Yeah, suburbs of Albany. Nice. Um, yep. yeah. I was born in Memphis, though. And, uh, my oh, very cool. Yeah, my grandparents lived there uh, to the day. So, you know, I spent a lot of summers there. I uh, was exposed to a lot of, you know, that culture. And uh, I feel like they wanted me, you know, even though we were growing up in New York, I feel like they always kind of wanted us to know our family was from the country. So, uh, you know, spent some time in Memphis, Mississippi, uh, all that good stuff. Atlanta, got to uh, experience that culture uh, growing up in the summers as well. So really grateful for all that. And really, you know, looking back on it, it definitely opened up my eyes, one, to travel, two, to, uh, you know, cultures intermingling, and three, just food can be different. And that's an exciting thing. I feel like some people grow up thinking different food is, you know, uh, not too exciting or not too, not too enthused to try different things. And I feel bad for them. Gotta keep it real. Yeah, you know? yeah I agree. <laughs> I think it's so important to try different foods and expand your palate, you know, so that's, that's amazing. And what, like, what age were you when you started, you know, messing around with things in the kitchen and, and using those fresh ingredients to create things? Like, were you super young or is that something that happened later on in your life? Yeah, uh, definitely young. Uh, I remember, I tell people all the time, the first time I learned to cook was uh, basmati rice. I was, mm. like, I was literally actually explaining to one of my buddies uh, yesterday. I was probably like four or five. I, I was at the age where Wow. You had to cook the rice. I was like, you know, getting my tippy toes to like stir. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was good. And it was like, it's really, you know, as you know, anyone who knows how to cook rice from scratch, it's like, it's not rocket science, but at the same time, it's easy to mess up. And that's totally like, is. You know, that's a good lesson for cooking one, but life in general. So, you know, it's a good thing to learn early, but I always tell people, yeah. So that was like, I was like four or five years old. Uh, and then like, you know, trying to just, Thinking I'm making pizza and stuff like that. I was doing, I was like eight years old, like taking like wow. pita bread with like tomato sauce and like American cheese in, in the toaster oven. <laughs> yep. I bet that was delicious. I, uh, yeah. A couple of months in, I started adding Italian herbs to it. So I was like, <laughs> you get a little more advanced at age, you know, you know eight and a half. But yeah, <laughs> I'll say uh, that. And then just being around, you know, uh, family gatherings and events and stuff like that. Uh, like for instance, in, in Mississippi, like, uh, when we would go to family reunions, there would be like a catfish pond like there. Mm. Uh, see people catch fish, you know, skin them, fillet them on site, bread them, you know, from uh, the water to the plate. And like, Yum. it was never a foreign okay. concept to me. Yeah. So, you know, it was that I'm very grateful for that, you know, and uh, I would say that definitely gave me a head start that I didn't know I was getting until I started mm. cooking, probably in like culinary school. I realized. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff I was exposed to earlier than a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. You definitely appreciate the story behind food, which I think is important as well. Um, so you're obviously in a very super cool niche in food and hospitality. How did you get started cooking for athletes specifically? How did that come to be? Yeah, uh, specifically with the players. Um, it, all, it really all got back to my uh, network from St. John's from college. Um, for instance, uh, my first client, my first NBA client, Kevin Serafin, I was introduced to him by his uh, then assistant, who uh, was a young lady I went to St. John's with. I uh, actually helped her get an internship with uh, Senator Gillibrand through my brother. 
Um, oh, cool. Back in the day. Yeah. And that, that, you know, helped her eventually get a internship at the white house uh, and fast forward a years. She's, you know, working with NBA players and reached back out, came full circle. So that was cool. That was my first opportunity. Um, worked with him for a season in New York while he was in the Knicks. Uh, that off season, uh, we went to Paris, uh, French Guyana, in South America. Yeah, it was it was amazing. That's cool. Paris for like three months. It was uh, it was it was it was nice. It was it was a uh, it was like a life altering experience. Um, That's amazing. Paris sure is amazing. Yeah. And James is a huge Knicks fan, as you know, so he loves that you <laughs> work at Sea Serpent. Uh, uh, hey, amazing. Well, man. Nick's yeah. Hey. I know, but this is a Boston-based podcast, right? right. So, just kidding. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's right. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So you know, uh, you know, being in Paris and all that, uh, then also going to South America, mm. uh, going to French Guyana with him. That's where he was initially from. Um, but he played for Paris, uh, France's national team, all that good stuff. But uh, yeah, like just being exposed to, like the produce and Amazon, the Amazon, uh, I, it ruined pineapple for me for life. It'll never same. <laughs> straight it'll, it'll never taste the same yeah uh you know yeah experiences like that it's just can't can't replace them so that was that was my that was really my first client how i got into the players and then um also uh really you know connecting with the patriots players just another st john's connection um oh cool yeah so it's just it really you can really all kind of trace it back a lot of it to uh st john's so i i, I do like to show a lot of love although you know they still send yeah. you the bill, so. That's amazing. I'm sure a lot of it too is reputation. I'm sure that's a very small circle. And once you do a great job one place, then your name is in someone's mouth, you know, somewhere else. That's kind of how it is here in Boston with hospitality. So I'm sure that also had something to do with it too. Oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure. I mean, definitely. Especially so, like within, within teams, like for sure. Yeah, right. That's so cool. And like, how has it been for you combining pro sports and the culinary world. I mean, I'm sure it's a totally different animal than just like, Hey, what do you like to eat? I mean, nutrition plans. And I, I mean, there's probably a lot that goes into it. So how has that experience been? Definitely. Uh, it's, it's been great. I mean, on like the hands-on cooking side of things, uh, it's definitely one, it, it allowed me extent, to extend my network into, uh, you know, people within the organization, uh, which, you know, I'm grateful for. I feel like sometimes when people work in, in the pro sports world on the player side of things, they may not have relationships with people within the organization. But, um, you know, that's one thing I got to tip my hat to the Celtics is, uh, you know, before I ever met a Celtics player, I had to talk to uh, the team chef and the team nutritionist twice. So, uh, you know, I, that was not the case with other franchises I've worked whose players I've worked with. So, I got to tip my hat to them um, on that. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just been great, you know, uh, being able to combine the sports world with the food world, uh, you know, those are probably my two biggest passions in life growing up. So, you know, just kind of to manifest that uh, was, uh, it, it's, it's, been, it's been a blessing. I've been able to uh, experience a lot of things in the sports world and the culinary world, like, you know, like crazy Michelin star restaurants. Uh, oh. So that's the dream. Well, we could we could go we could go for days. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Super Bowl, All Star Weekend, uh, NBA Finals games, all that good stuff. So it's like it's, I, I it's really why when I was uh, first got in with uh, the players, I wanted to uh, connect other chefs with players because I just saw the the symbiotic relationship just 
my opinion, fed off each other in a, such a advantageous way. Uh, totally. It only makes sense. So. And you're kind of part of their family in a way. I mean, you're going to these players' houses. You're like, hey, you know, I'm yeah. here to cook, you know? So like, what's, I guess, what's that like? Is I mean, you must be pretty tight with them all. I mean, you'd have to be. Yeah. To- yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's like, you know, at the beginning of working with players and you know, I really try to like keep it professional just because, you know, some people like, when they get around, you know, people of significance, doesn't have to be pro athletes or just really people, people of significance. I feel like they try like being their best friend really quickly and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, you know, it just feels, it feels insincere. It doesn't feel ingenuine. Right. Of right. course. You know, really everyone I work with, I, you know, it's, it's, I very, I try to make it apparent from the get go. Like I am here, you know, I understand I'm, I'm being paid. I'm, I'm here to do a job, uh, you know, all the good stuff. And, uh, you know, over time, it's just kind of, how things work and you know people you know become friends family it's 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 uh i'm, I'm blessed i'm blessed to uh have uh you know just going back to being exposed to a lot of things a lot of people you know who like sports would they'd, they'd be very grateful to be exposed to yeah no kidding I, I think i saw a clip of your interview with nbc sports so for all our listeners that want to learn even more about jawed you can check out that little clip but yeah marcus smarts i know he's one of your buddies now and so is jalen brown from the celtics so that's super cool um and Britt, maybe we can share that link too so people yeah, can also absolutely. check that out for sure and you touched on this a little bit um all the cool things you've gotten to experience um i i guess what are some some of those other crazy sports moments or culinary moments you've had with the players. I know a quick shout out to our mutual friends, Mike and Gerda, by the way, um, that's how I know Jawed, but they, I know, went to a, a party with <laughs> one New Year's Eve or something with all the Patriots, like after they had won the Super Bowl, which was pretty cool. So I'm sure that's probably one of them, but, but yeah, yeah. what, what are some other moments like that, that, that are really memorable to you? Oh man. Uh, definitely that. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I was jealous of that. That was amazing. Hey, that anytime, cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know, I, anytime, you know, I can, uh, uh, I could say, com- uh, make my, uh, my business life with, uh, the players and, you know, my personal life with some of my old friends and stuff meet. It's, totally. Uh, it's just it, it's it's it feels good you know it feels oh good. yeah uh, when it when it makes sense it feels even better so you know totally. it's good but uh i would say what are some great experiences you know just man uh I, going to the super bowl last year was amazing I oh that. my gosh like, that's awesome i'm yeah. sure yeah you know like the super, they did it it felt like a, like a, a festival for like football it was crazy and like you know it's like you're just like the celebrities were amongst you and stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm watching Pitbull on stage, like 30 feet away. Huh. And, That's and awesome. You see uh, Jeff Bezos and Jaleel White, who played Urkel, like walking what? by. Yeah, like, you can tell, like, we, we love Urkel. Bezos yeah. is way more excited to hang out with Urkel slash Jaleel White than Jaleel White is to hang out with Bezos. And I'm just like, yeah. that's awesome babe is crazy yeah so you know it's just stuff like that to experience stuff like that it's like it's like you're living entourage sometimes like yeah (laughs) when when would you ever think you would see urkel and and jeff in the same room together hanging out like never in your wildest dreams would you think that would be like a situation a combo yeah yeah that is so cool so can't forget about him and that's before the super bowl that's before the game so you know it's wow 
You must like get some that. good seats. That's for sure. It must be some hey, good seats. <laughs> it wasn't a bad seat in the, in the building. I'll tell you. Yeah. That. Well, that, there that you go. Like, that was like the last, uh, you know, that was, that was a couple weeks before like America shut down for COVID. So that was. Yeah. Yeah. Experience in itself. February. Yeah. That's cool. You could kind of end the last good moment <laughs> before the shutdown at like on the highest level ever possible. So. That is pretty crazy. Yeah, so. That is pretty crazy. I guess too, Britt. Sorry if I can cut you off there, but um, oh, no. I know COVID probably hasn't really impacted what you do very much, right? Because it's like mm. more one-on-one with people. We've been talking to a lot of different, um, you know, tastemakers in Boston, just trying to understand the impact COVID has had or has not had. So it seems like I don't know what's what's your take on that. I know it must be weird not to be a spectator at any of the games anymore, but like beyond that. I mean, yeah. what's, what's your experience? Been? Uh, you know, things have, uh, instead of like, you know, in-person cooking and, you know, being in people's houses, a lot of things have shifted towards like meal prep, um, you know, stuff like that, which is cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. it's, I, I, if anyone who's done a uh, catering or like, uh, cooked for parties knows if you can, uh, basically get paid to cook for a party without actually cooking at the actual party and just dropping it off. That is a, that's, that's a bonus. You got your own kitchen, your own atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> you win. Like there's no, really? there's no denying that, you know, so yeah. it's less time involved. Uh, it, it's, it's a major win. Um, and so I feel like at least in my field, I, I, I can't speak for, you know, restaurants and, and bars and lounges and stuff like that, but I feel like people in the, you know, the, the personal side of things, the, you know, kind of more, catering side of things i feel like the the business savvy ones even people more so than me i feel like some of them really leveled up uh Mm -hmm. really really took the obstacle and made it an opportunity yeah so yeah uh, it's it's you know it's been it's been an interesting it'll be an interesting case study in years to come definitely definitely what and how they accomplished it and who was successful doing what and all that so totally Even in my work, I don't think I've told our listeners this yet, but I work for a software company and, you know, even that we, we serve a variety of industries and it's just crazy to see which ones are absolutely blowing up and then which ones are not so much. But I feel like food catering, like you said, definitely one that, you know, stuff you can do in the privacy of your own kitchen and deliver it. (laughs) It's kind of the best, uh, both worlds. It's interesting because for some of my clients who did catering, they lost a lot of business because they weren't having, they weren't, you know, there weren't any group events or, you know, people weren't in the workplace. So it's like, it kind of depends on the industry, but the word I've been using in 2020 and still a little bit this year is pivot. I feel like every business has pivoted one way or the other just to do what they can to, to make it. And it's, I'm glad that that turned out into a positive for you and you were able to still do what you do and in the comfort of your own kitchen. Now, do you work out of a commercial kitchen or do you have a spot that you do all your your cooking of your meals yeah i mean for meal prep stuff it's usually uh i'm i'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a kitchen i can take care of business in. that's awesome yeah yeah so uh, that, that's good that's um, nice and then, and then really honestly I, i've gotten to the point in my career where anytime i get reached out to for something that might be too large for like what i can produce on my own on my like in my own kitchen, like on my own, I really prefer to, you know, kick that business to other businesses. Cause like you said, some people, you know, they're set up for, they're, they're set up to handle those things. Mm-hmm. They may as well get that business, especially in times like this. So yeah, you know, that's, that's super, that's, super good of you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, it, it, I feel like it works out for everyone involved. Yeah. yeah. Karma, karma. <laughs> big, believer in, 
Big yeah. believer in karma. Yeah. Um, now we want to ask you, do you have any favorite restaurants in the city? Like what's your favorite food? Where are the places that you're at, you know, on the weekends that you frequent? What are your favorite spots? Man. Uh, it's a hard question. I know. I, 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 yeah, it is. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't mean, I want to, I don't want to get, I get that. anything, right? Uh, I totally get that. Yeah. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to ask both of you the same question as soon as oh, I ask. Gosh. Fair enough. Fair, Fair. enough. <laughs> I'm thinking about it now. Um, yeah. I would say for like comfort, like ca- like casual, just like I just want to feel like you know I'm at home, you know. Like I love Zaz in Hyde Park. I really oh, love I've never been there. I've heard such good things. And I need to deep, check them out. Deep flavor, and yeah, I've tried probably his whole menu, and uh, it's like the greatest hits. He's he's. he's they're great. Whether you want to go vegetarian, vegan, eat meat, not eat meat, uh, traditional, traditional burger, jerk chicken. He has range. Uh, you know, his mentors uh, go back from go back to Spain. He's got, his, uh, I believe, Japanese mentors. So, wow. His prof- yeah, his flavor profiles are uh, one very unique, and two, he he nails them. So, I would say for like, you know, comfort, like approachable, like I just, you know, like, yeah, Zaz for sure. Uh, I gotta check that amazing. out. Amazing. Yeah, okay, we gotta go. We gotta go. I've been, it's I've been hearing all about it, and it's on my list. So gotta go. Gotta do it now. Gotta do gotta it go. now. Yeah, and I think they just. I think he just made like an outdoor patio too. So like. Oh, nice. Oh, perfect. He's got, yeah, he's got some vibes going too. You know. Isn't so there? Got, isn't yeah. there a music there too? Yeah, yeah. He's a, yeah. he's he's really someone I would use as an example of. Uh, he he, uh, he he took the obstacle and turned it into an opportunity. He he pivoted to uh, what he you know saw you know, the industry going towards and laws going towards and he's, he's, he's done well. He's, he's leveled up. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, I'm grateful. Thank you for giving me a platform to shout out businesses like that. So absolutely. Of course. Absolutely. Uh, And then for maybe like uh, sit down, like fancier, like kind of feeling. I would say Brassica kitchen. Make a plan. Mm. It's, oh, I love Brasca so much. Yeah. James and I, I went, it's been. so good. It's like in a, it's like almost like a coffee been. shop, like in the daytime, and you walk that's in it. and you're like, whoa, it just like converts to Ooh, this really cool. cool dining room. And yeah, it was it's really good. Adding to my list. You have to, you have to go. Yeah. Oh yeah. You live uh, across the across the Arbor Way from mm-hmm. um, from Brasca and uh I was just walking by one day when I first moved in. I was like, the coffee shop looks nice. Go in. Like you said, quaint, really nice coffee shop. Really feels like kind of Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that. that. And like, love the, that. yeah, house made pastries are like excellent. Oh. Extensive coffee menu. They serve, you know, most flavors and all that. So it's, they do a great job. And then you, I walk past it at night and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> so you totally know, I Google it because you know, I got to see what's up. And then, went like two months later and i was like yo i feel like i feel like i'm in like bushwick or like williamsburg like, yeah from, from that's the cool door to the, the serving staff i feel like they 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 like bust them in from bushwick or something i, I don't know I don't, they're 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 awesome at what they do totally like, met the owner before uh his name's escaping me but they do a great job they do a great job i i like how they uh sometimes they let their uh their line cooks kind of like put some stuff on the menu and stuff mm. and, that's cool it really is i feel like that yeah. really helps keep the team enthused and all that and uh you know frankly 
So those are sometimes where the most creative ideas come from because they're the ones really touching the pans every day. That's true. Very so true. true. Yeah. So to give the line cooks the the, the love, like that's that's somewhere one I, I would love to support, whether or not their food was absolutely banging and creative, which it is. And mm. it's frankly, it's a really uh even though I would consider like high-end food, it's an unpretentious vibe. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, and the servings are huge. I feel like I'm so yeah. full every time I leave. I we we've done the tasting menu a couple of times, or it was oh so Did good. Wine? Did we get the wine? Did you get it with the wine? The wine? Yes. Tasting? Yeah. Oh, yeah. and that's like five glasses of wine. It's like yeah. by the time that I was done, I was like, whoa, what's what's happening yeah. here? And they're 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 generous. They're generous. Oh, totally. It was Usually so get good. A Eve with your dessert too. Like it's yeah. They, they do it up. They do it. Yeah. Up. Yeah. I still they remember love this like portions. It was yeah. like risotto with sushi rice, um, and like it was so good. That's yeah. one of the memorable. Yeah, I think I had that. They they did they like char the sushi rice kind of like yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. like elevated mac and cheese. I mean, mac and cheese doesn't do it justice, but it was like it was so good. It was mm-hmm. very memorable. Brassica is a good one. Went to Mita for the first time this weekend. Oh, Mita is awesome. Mita. Love Mita. Yeah, been meaning to go there for so long. I feel like I made like eight reservations there and something came up every time to cancel it. And then COVID hit and I was like crossing my fingers that they make it through. And yeah, kind of another good example of they. Yeah, they Chef Douglas is the coolest and okay. their patio is so nice. Like, yeah, I love Mita. Self and Gem. Yeah, the good right. vibe in there. Very homey. All right, so now yeah. I got to hear you guys' favorite favorite spot. Oh my Ooh. god, I'm nervous. Do you want me to go need... first for it? Yeah, because I'm like, we might okay. have the same. We might have the same though. Well, then I want to go first in case we do. Have oh the god, same. okay, all right, go. For <laughs> it. I have to say Copa, and it's That's not surprising. Family. One of our family favorites. We used to live literally behind Copa. It was like okay. a five second walk. So I always wanted to go there. Always, oh, I just love it. We, we I love just like walk by. Grab some meatballs to go. Like, oh yeah, just casually, I very frequently yeah. got their meatballs to go. Made pasta at home and like asked for extra sauce and just made my own like meatballs and pasta. I love that random that. Jimmy Bissonette story. Uh, he actually beat my old chef de cuisine from New York. The first rest- the Michelin starred restaurant I worked at, fresh out of culinary school. The chef de cuisine at that restaurant, he got beat by Jimmy Bissonette on Chopped. Wow. Oh, really? Oh my gosh. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. And I, I believe Jamie Bissonette and I, random fact, have the same birthday. So, what do you oh know? my gosh. There you go. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I <laughs> love that. I think we met Jamie one time, Brittany, at an event you had, but he, yeah, not, we did. he would, he would not remember us at all, but it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was very much like, we love for Copa. yourself, Caitlin. <laughs> Maybe he'd remember you, he would not right. remember me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, And then for, I, I know it's like, I feel like I, all about the South End, because that's, where we I spent a majority of my time um living but the Franklin bar I don't know if you've heard of the Franklin it's very small it's on Shamit I don't know if it's closed or open now but they had really fun drinks and like really fun vibes and they were very cute kind of smaller Quaint. spot very okay. very cute late night yeah yeah and also late night like if you want to we would you do know, late night yeah. have a few drinks and get a little rowdy you could go to the Franklin um you know, it was never too rowdy. So it's perfect for my age bracket, you know, 30s, but yep. <laughs> and we then kava for Greek food. Kava well. kava is some of the best Greek. I mean, one of my favorites that I'm gonna list is also Greek. I think kava's all right. You go now, Brent. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna do a couple of things. 
<laughs> so for vibes and drinks and like good time on a Friday, Saturday, I love committee in the seaport. I think their bartenders are amazing. I talked about them in one of our earlier episodes, but I think it's just a fun spot for good vibes. I'm obsessed with Dumpling Daughter. Mm. Um, their pork buns are like, I dream about them. They're so good. Um, Chilacates for tacos is one of my favorites. And I also love Pico Pizza. I think Pico is so underrated. Like no one knows about it. And to me, it's like some of the best pizza in the city. Okay. So I'm a huge Pico fan. I'm actually like salivating thinking about Pico. Mm. Um, oh, Pico Pizza. It's in the South End. It's thick, thicker pizza, wood-fired. Um, how else would you describe it, Kate? Yeah, it's it's like more artisan pizza. It's not like yeah. you know what you'd yeah. get in Brooklyn or or you know, right or it's New so, Haven or something. So, but it's, so good, it's still really good. Uh, Bernie, I yeah. also totally forgot about Dumpling Cafe. One of my I mean, favorites yeah, dumpling. in Chinatown. They have the if best we're do soup that, dumplings. I could go on all also, day. <laughs> I know, me too. But let me also shout out because one of my favorite stops truly in Boston, and anyone that follows me knows this is the egg puff cart in Chinatown. So it's on Beach Street. If you all know where Ovana Sushi is, it's in that little um, supermarket, but it's in the back of the little food court. And it's a lady that has a cart and she makes fresh egg puffs and it's cash only. And they're so, so good. And if you don't know what an egg puff is, it's like it's like a Chinese uh, waffle that's like, instead of like divoting in, it puffs out. And they're so, I post them all the time, but. Yeah, you always have love, a, one of those waffles in your hands. They're very, love uh, pictures. The egg puff cart. They're very Instagram friendly, the egg puff. Yeah, <laughs> they are. And they're so good. And now she does different flavors like chocolate. I think she does like a bean one, red bean. I get the OG, just regular, but okay. that is like one of my favorite spots to hit up in the city. Yes. The, the, yep. the experience you just described though, like you got to go through the, the market and find yep. like specifically. Yep. Like, that's like I love that. That's it's like my cool. favorite. Like, I love you know the high end stuff and like you know oh you know uh, we went to Delilah in L A or uh, La Bernadette in New York. That's cool and everything, but like it's yeah, like, best food experiences. Are yeah, I those agree. Spots yeah. that you you wouldn't suspect. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel like I feel like most people who work food for a living would would agree. Honestly, I totally. agree. Yeah, because there's there's a lot of you can just feel the heart and the soul in in places like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, frankly, that's where a lot of dishes you see in these really high end places. That's where they originated from. So, right. Yeah. So true. Right. Yeah. So very true. Shout out to them. They make. Yeah. Yes. Shout out to them. Best food ever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess any tips for aspiring chefs out there? I know, you know, you were around food a lot growing up and it became a passion for you. So anyone else, any advice for anyone else out there with the same passion and how to make it a career? Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, I would say really, you got to, you know, you're going to have to deal with the grunt years. Yeah. You know, getting around it, uh, especially if you want to be on like the like actual cooking side of things. Like if you want to, if you want to cook, you got to, you basically, you got to go through the grunt years at somewhere, you know, in a city that's too expensive to live in for what you're getting paid and <laughs> just, just do it. Make it work. Yeah, like it's just every, I don't say every, most, you know, successful chefs you read about, that that's what it was, whether it was Paris, Lyon, New York, uh, anywhere. Even now, Boston's food scene, like, as, you know, you can attest to, uh, both of you guys can attest to, like, it has gone like this fairly quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Know, like, you guys got a lot of, like, 
chefs with a lot of national notoriety now. Um, right. I, yep. I, don't, I don't need to mention any names because like I said I don't want to leave anyone out. But you know, the, the if I feel like anyone listening to this podcast knows knows the names, mm-hmm. right? They're really they're they're putting on for Boston. So yep, yeah. we're getting on the map. I yeah. like it. Strong, strong. So. Yeah. yeah, but I love what you say. Is you know you you got to just put in the work. I think a lot of people. I'm speaking as like an influencer, but a lot of people just want instant success overnight, and it's just. With that mindset, you're not going to achieve that because you really have to just yeah. grind away and hustle and and do the non-glamorous things before you can then reach the, you know, the glamour and the, you know. So I love that you say that because I also agree completely that that's like the key to success, you know. Agreed. Agreed. I'm sure, I'm sure like, I'm sure, you know, you're, you're you don't have to answer this if you want to be. I'm sure your direct messages are full of people trying to microwave their career. Yep. Like, yeah. You always talk about that, Britt. It really bothers me when people are like, I want to quit my job tomorrow. What do I do? Yeah. It's like, uh, you have to have a passion and it's a slow progression and you have to like give yourself to this career, Uh, you know, like then you can become more selective and live the, the, you know, even, even where we're at now, it's not all, no, you know, there's a lot of like sweat and tears, you know, it's, but you got to be able to like really hustle and get there. And, you know, I think that's lost on people these days. So I love that you said that. Yeah, it's a fact. I mean, I like, yeah, I, I, I get it all the time and it's like, you know, frankly, for what I've built, you know, like I've, I've missed holidays because, you know, like frankly, NBA, they play on Christmas. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. so true. You're missing how they're expecting to miss holidays. Right. This deal. Guess what? I'm missing. I'm missing those holidays too. It is what it is. You know. It's just yeah. Uh, but you know, at the same time, uh, working on those days allows me to, you know, do what I want to do on most other days of the year. So. There yeah, you go. It's just understanding those, and like you said, really just getting past that 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 hard part, that unglamorous part. Everyone wants right. to, you know post the photos on Instagram and get all the likes and all that. And it's like, that is like a tool you use. That right. Is actual hustle. So. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. So I also have heard uh, through the grapevine that you have a lot of new business ventures up your sleeve. I know you're also an entrepreneur. So any details you can share on any fun things we can, we can look for. Yeah, sure. Uh, what direction you want to go in? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you want. Um, we could go NFTs. That's, that's that. Cause that's really culinary forward, uh, doing some stuff in the cannabis space. Um, legally, of course. Uh, yep. uh I heard the name might be Jawettables. Yes. That- <laughs> <laughs> I love that name. Oh, man, that's, uh, <laughs> too yeah, good. Too yeah. good. That might be a mic, uh, a mic suggestion, uh, but. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 a that's a that's a throwback. That's a good. Yeah, one. I'm here for that. I'm here for that name though. It's it's too good. It's perfect. Uh, I, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That, that uh, we'll he's see not so sure. That. We'll see about that. Yeah, but uh, right now, what I'm doing with the cannabis that's funny. With the cannabis industry is uh, working with um, some already licensed uh, cannabis companies uh, in Maine, uh, and working on making some more connections um, to. Uh, Work with the VA with Marines, ex-Marines, oh, cool. yeah, to uh, write a curriculum. Working with some ex-Marines to write a curriculum for the VA to uh, allow these guys to work in uh, cannabis businesses 
and uh, get their VA credit on their GI Bill. And uh, oh wow, yeah, it's, it's very advantageous for really everyone involved. Uh, the ex Marines they get to work in cannabis, get paid well, utilize their GI Bill. Um, the cannabis business uh, gets ex Marines and uh, ex uh, military as uh, employees. Um, obviously, the you know. And they, I believe they, they pay them as well, but they, you know, them paying them anything on top of that, it really, it really makes the, the ex-military uh, members uh, participating in the program uh, well-paid, put it like yeah. that. And, and they, they, you know, they get to work in an industry if they want to work in the cannabis industry um, and just, you know, building the groundwork for stuff like that. I'm, I'm grateful to, you know, work with uh, some, some guys on that and uh, the, cannabis company in Maine is actually owned by two ex-Marines as well. So. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the outlier of the bunch. And I, so I'm, I'm grateful to be working with them and uh, yeah, that's, that's been going well. And that's kind of the tip of the iceberg with, you know, some of the things we're looking to do in the cannabis industry. Um, and then uh, NFTs, are you guys familiar with NFTs? I'm not. Are you ready? I, I am only because I've been considering selling some of my, Meals on Heels prints and everyone is like NFT, NFT, but I'm curious how that applies to food yeah. in the food industry. Cause I, I get it for digital art, but I'm curious how that applies to food. Yeah. So um, really, so all right, so, you know, basically most chefs, we've talked about this, most chefs have a hard time uh, monetizing their skill set, their intellectual property, whatever it may be. Most times, most chefs in order for them to make money, they got to show up somewhere and cook. You know, they're not making money while they're sleeping. They're not making money off their, their minds, their creations. So with NFTs, um, we can use a recipe or I do like the idea of your, your what do you call it? Meals on Heels? Meals I've on seen, Heels, I've yeah. <laughs> I've seen the photos. Yeah. I, was, I was actually talking to someone about, yo, these are, this is like a really dope concept. I like yeah. how you, uh, you know, like, like you combined your, passion i imagine for yes. what you put on your feet and what you yep. eat in one style food combine it art it's kind of a combination of everything i love so yeah, yeah. it's been it's, fun it's been yeah. fun that's dope and the photography is high quality so yeah. yeah shout out to tucker friend he's a great photographer old go. colleague of mine good friend he's amazing there shout out go. tucker but go. thank <laughs> you appreciate it of course of course yeah and so like i love that idea for an nft um, yeah. Since like you know how you like you built your you've built your platform with uh, Boston Food Journal. Yep. Uh, I'm sure you have you know some some uh, fans and maybe even some stands at this point. Uh, and you know, with the NFTs, you can connect the content that you've already created that you already have a platform for to uh, blockchain. And right. What right and what the blockchain kind of does for those who you know don't know. And I'm not claiming to be an expert on this by any means. Uh, but you're more than more of an expert than we are. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you. I, I watched a three and a half hour webinar on NFTs yesterday. Okay. There you go. It's fresh in your mind. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, <laughs> tell us, tell yeah. us everything. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, you can attach your content to the blockchain say it's, uh, you know, one of your meals on he meals on heels, uh, pictures and, uh, attach the blockchain. The blockchain basically acts as a ledger. So, uh, it's, uh, you can't replace, you can't uh, replicate it. It's non-replicatable. That's why I say NFT stands for non-fungible token. It's not fungible. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, very, so, very interesting. Yeah. So since you can't replicate it, uh, you can track who created it, who's owned it, 
what it was sold for, uh, on what date, who owned it for what period of time, and like so forth. And that's cool and everything to know, but what's important to the creative is they can set a commission as a royalty for every mm. resell of the NFT, of the content. So say Brittany sells it to me for uh, $100 and then like Boston Food Journal just like it gets like featured by uh, uh, Forbes or Food Network. So because yeah. 2 million followers goes through the roof, right? I can sell it to Caitlin for a million. And wow. traditionally the artist would be like, dude, I created that. How do I not get a piece of that? Whereas now, whatever you set your commission at on any resale, Oh, okay. Million dollar sale, and Caitlin wants to sell it for uh, two million. You'll still get a commission off her sale. The creator gets a commission off the sales in perpetuity. That's what NFT is such a game changer, and uh, so creatives. Yeah, so it must be big for a lot of your clients too. Like they're probably all looking into that right now. Yeah, yeah. Memorabilia. Didn't I read Tom Brady wanted to do that with his with his draft card or something? Made it I believe so. Yeah, Brady's done NFT. I know Grant Grant did one. Um, and then the NFL, I believe, sent them. I don't want to get the wording wrong, but the NFL got in the way. I'll put it. Oh, okay. Way. I didn't uh, hear read that part, but it's it's yeah. with, with, with the, the with same the idea players. though. Yeah, same exact idea. Like they can, yeah. they can do them. They have the freedom to do them. It just can't be depending on the league. It can't be in uh, the uniform that the league provides because they own that and all that. Oh, and gotcha. Okay. And the league yeah, is yeah. getting in the NFT game too. Like the one right. of the more famous NFTs are NBA top shots. And obviously the mm. NBA part owner of that, um, they make money on all the resales. I believe players make money on the resales too. So cool. you know, they've got their thing set up and all that, but yeah, there's a lot of options. And in the food world, um, there's a, there's a site, uh, called gourmet nfts um, oh wow really i'm actually yeah i'm actually uh my my old chef from new york city bill telepan uh we we still have a good relationship i really you know i kind of equate if you work for like a michelin starred chef like when you were young it's kind of like you're a, a college coach to an athlete. yeah like your mentor and, yeah, yeah you, you stay kinda, in a relationship yeah so like uh, like for instance, last last year, um, he he uh, was able to like gave give Jalen a, a private uh, private tour of the Met Museum. Oh, that's cool. Stuff like that, you know, it's like that's just, cool. you know, just like yeah, it's good. So anyway, he reached out to me, uh, and we were just talking about some of the stuff he does with uh, wellness in the schools, the wellness in the schools charity in New York City. Um, for those that aren't familiar, they. Uh, they basically came in and um, replaced the school lunches in New York City with uh, not food from the market Whole Foods, but whole food products. Uh, and, you know, just made school lunches uh, more healthy because uh, 75% yeah. of the kids in public schools in New York get free or reduced lunches. So they're eating school right. lunches. So they were able to make those healthier and all that. And that was kind of the first part of their initiative. That's and fabulous. That's great. Yeah, they, they do great things. And, uh, you know, my old chef, Bill Telpin, he's uh, highly involved with them. And, uh, you know, we basically got to talking and stuff. And um, we hopefully will be able to, you know, utilize some of uh, his recipes and connections for NFTs to benefit wellness in the schools uh, going forward. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So we'll see. That's that's really cool. Yeah, That's a yeah. unique and cool way to, to use the NFT yeah. for sure. Yeah, that, that's yeah. you know, yeah, I you know, thank you. I mean, and on, on, a, on a business side of things, it also really just it's how you, you build the profitable model, 
you know, to, you know, get the charity paid off. And then you can really do it with any other content if you want to privatize it or, you know, fraction off some to charity, some to whoever, but it's really, you know, that's, that's how you build the model and you can run with it. So yeah, that's that's super cool. That's, that's, that's NFTs. Yeah. Hey, I, I learned a bit more about that from, you know, Tom Brady selling his draft card. This is, this is a way better use. I think of of NFTs for sure. So um, cool. Is there anything else you want to plug um, or, you know, stuff we can look for you on or, or anything before we wrap up? Hmm. Nothing, nothing comes to mind. I really appreciate you though. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We appreciate you. Thank you. This was such a great conversation and I'm excited to follow your journey and and see all these things come to life down the road. Exciting. Likewise. likewise. I'm interested to, uh, you know, see what happens with the meals on heels NFTs. Yeah, yeah, right. Me, me too. NFTs. Me and, too. And sell, sell the prints. Yeah. yeah. I know. And when they blow up, we can take the clip that we were talking about the Meals on Heels NFTs and make that an NFT. Yeah. Ah, it goes from it there. Just, yeah. It goes on and on and on. I love that. <laughs> love it. Well, thank you so much, Jawad. This was, a, again, an amazing conversation. You're awesome. And I can't wait for our listeners to learn more about you and your story. And again, we're wishing you many successes in your future and can't wait to follow along. Uh, likewise thank you ladies for having me i really appreciate you and uh yeah i'll be following you guys along as well and uh thanks again episode number three iverson episode scoop today i want to talk about my top four places for pizza here in the city now i know people have a lot of opinions about pizza people feel very strongly about their favorite places and my list might not be what you think the best is that's fine these are the four places that i continuously get my pizza from and just personally love so first one if you've ever dm'd me and asked about pizza you know that i say that pico and the south end is (laughs) Probably one of my favorite places. Fun fact, our dad is like freaking obsessed with Pico pizza. He's always like, I'm craving a Pico. Like he yep. will like drive from Maine to like get a Pico pizza because it's that good. And we it's used to live very, around the corner as well. We so we yep. went all the time. And, and I truthfully still live around the corner. So I go more often than not. But Pico is like super artisan. I feel like not a lot of people know about it, which shocks me because it's truly some of the best pizza I think out there it's got this like vintage you know 1920s cafe feel they also make their own ice cream um they do calzones as well and sandwiches truthfully I think the pizza is like their number one thing I think the other foods are good but the pizza is so bomb the ice Um, cream I gotta plug the ice cream the ice cream is amazing too and also their arugula salad is really amazing so when I go to Pico they have smalls and large the small size is perfect for one person if you're like Gavones like us, Gavones, <laughs> hungry people. Um, but I always get half olive, half mushroom. Kate, there's one that you always get. What's that one called? Um, uh, oh God, sausage ricotta and, and roasted ricotta. fennel. So yeah. good. So you can either like make your own or get some of their uh, pre-created ones. But Pico in the South End, P-I-C-C-O, it's amazing. Next, I want to talk about Source in Harvard Square. 
Source is a newer restaurant. You guys probably saw that I've posted about them a few times. I did a giveaway with them, um, you know, a couple months back. The concept of Source is that all of their ingredients, all of their beer is sourced from local, um, you know, farms, local breweries, um, you know, all these local folks that they source everything from. So I think that that concept is really cool, but they are one of the only places in Boston that has the pizza with the little Roni cups. And it is so freaking good. They're like little delicious bacon tasting Roni cups on top of the pizza. And the thing is just so stunning. You've probably seen them because they're all over the gram, but that is one of my favorite places for pizza. Their brunch is also fabulous. Um, they have these souffle pancakes that I'm also obsessed with that are delish. Probably going to be running a giveaway with them again on Boston Food Journal in the near future. So keep your eyes peeled for that. But that is Source in Harvard Square. Another Harvard Square favorite of mine is Pinocchio Pizza. So I actually just found out about Pinocchio um, through Tucker, who you might know is one of my photographers and friends. We were shooting in Harvard and he was like, we should check out Pinocchio. It's so good. It's been there forever. So we went and it was amazing. It's kind of like off the main drag a little bit. They've literally been in Harvard Square since 1966. And it is really good, thick, you know, Sicilian style pizza. Probably one of the best slices I've ever had. I really want to go back. It's just kind of far from where I live. But um, very old school family owned. Would highly recommend Pinocchio. And then last but not least, you've probably all heard of this one, but I do just love it. Auto Pizza. It's a Maine company and we're from Maine, so I love that. But I genuinely think that their pizza is so good. My go-to order is the spinach and kalamata pizza. I also love their cheesy breadsticks. Not going to lie, I was a little hungover last Sunday and ordered both of those things to my face. Felt like a little bit of a glutton, but it was all worth it. But Otto is one of my guilty pleasures. Um, you know, their pepperoni pizza is really good too. Um, you know, you can mix and match, make your own. So I would say that's another one of my like go-to spots for pizza. So those are my four top. Again, I know there's so many other places that are really good that I'm probably missing, but personally, like where I order from most would be those four spots. Caitlin's raising her hand. So yes, Caitlin, <laughs> you may speak. Okay. I didn't want to speak. interrupt you. I was just being polite. Um, yes. So Britt, should you let everyone know about your late night pizza habits? Oh my God. <laughs> so Brittany so, and her friend Blair, shout out to Blair. Hi Blair. They ordered South End pizza every okay, South, night South pizza on the weekends like in our day with a pizza with like half regular cheese, half black olives. And a large fry. So when Kate and I were living together in the South End, it was so fun. We hosted, you know, this was like 2014 through 2018. We hosted parties. We were just going out. Oh yeah. We had the best house ever. We did. It was like we a really four story did. brownstone with us and our friend Carlos. It was epic. Hi, Carlos. If you're listening, <laughs> but we would always like cause self and pizza, you know, it's not like the best, but it's good, you know, solid pizza. And it was right down the road, open late. Literally we'd come home from the bar and you know, one or 2 AM we'd be getting South end pizza. And we would literally, it was like a thing that we did like almost every weekend to the point where they started to recognize us, yep. which is hysterical. Yep. But for me, like when you're drunk and you want food, pizza is it like, I don't totally, know. totally with you. I just had like, to give South End Pizza a little plug too. If you're if you're out late and you need a pizza, give them well, a call. I don't know. I don't know what their hours are anymore, but oh yeah, a, they used to be open a, late and they used to deliver really quickly, which they, was also well because we lovely. literally lived like 
200 feet away, probably. Um, <laughs> like we could have gotten it ourselves for sure, but eh, that's maybe. okay. It's, it was, it was good. Good times. Also, yeah, good if time. I may, um, so I, I think I mentioned before, I recently moved to Providence after living in Boston for eight years. And there is such a thing as Providence or Rhode Island style pizza. Did you know what is this? It? No, I actually didn't so, know that. I don't really even know how to describe it, but we found this um, place called Caserta's Pizza, and it's right in uh, off of Atwell's, like in um, De Pasquale Square, which mm-hmm. is a big spot for Italian food uh, in Providence. And okay. they have three types of pizza on their menu, or actually, no, sorry, one type with four toppings. So you can either get anchovies, peppers, pepperoni, Actually, that might be it. It might have just been like literally three for three toppings. So they have salad and three toppings that you can wow, put on the I kinda, pizza. Wow, I, I kind of love that though. It was so good though. And it was like, it was thicker crust. So it was almost mm-hmm. like a Detroit style, but it wasn't quite a pan pizza. Like it was really thick crust, a lot of cheese and like lighter on the sauce. I don't know how to describe it, but it was really good. I love and that. We've been and reading around, and it's like starving. it was. It's like, oh yeah, that's Rhode Island style pizza. I'm like, I've never heard of that, but glad I know well, now. You know, we'll, we'll have to is. ask. We'll have to ask Paige, one of my best friends, who's from Rhode Island. So we'll have to ask her if that's a thing. Yeah, I want to know Paige's, oh, no, Paige's thoughts Hi, Paige. on the on Caserta's pizza. Um, anyway, want to throw time. that in, throw that out there too. Anyway, that's my pizza review. One bite, everyone knows the rules. Just kidding. You're not Barstool um, Sports, but that was a great <laughs> review. Thank you. Um, anyway, tonight I am headed to Crossy in Back Bay for dinner with some friends. And if you don't know what that is, it's a Greek restaurant owned by the same group as Committee. And I'm excited. I'm going to have some wine, some octopus, some zucchini, and some tiki. So I got to run yeah. to my dinner. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to episode three of the Side Dish Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review if you like what you hear. We're also open to any feedback that you have. If you want us to highlight certain restaurateurs or chefs or influential people, thank you, in Boston, please let us know. We're open to feedback. Again, follow me on Boston Food Journal on Instagram at Boston Food Journal. And also make sure to follow our podcast channel at Side Dish Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Decapua Sisters. Sisters. Ow. That doesn't work. Just doesn't work. What if we just said to cap you out? Can we try that? Cap you out. out. You don't no, I like that. Because of Zoom lag, though. I like that. I like that.